Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Luke Hatfield. I am joined by Mr. Joseph Mazzi. It is Mazzi. Mazzi. Massey. Massey is the return, the long awaited return of the Best Got Beat. Season two, can you believe it? Season two. I'm so happy to be back. I am so, so happy to be back. I've genuinely, genuinely missed this podcast the last. How long has it been? Maybe like seven weeks, is it? I don't know, seven, it eight weeks. It feels like an eternity. Feels like forever. Um, do love doing it. Get allows us to get us some information out there that probably doesn't really see the paper. Um, so yeah, honestly, so pleased to be back. I didn't. I genuinely didn't realise we were stopping um, when we did the last one um, towards the end of last season. I thought we'd carry on through the summer, but you, like you, obviously lied to me. I got that wrong. But we're back now. Season two. Yeah, great news. Season two. We've 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 managed to get commissioned for a second season by the Express and Star. Yeah. Um, exciting times. Um, how was your summer break? I know you missed the podcast, but do you enjoy your summer break? It's gone really quick, really, really quick. I think a lot of that is down to Walsall having friendlies every Saturday in July. Um, busy for you. It's busy. Like it's been mental, really. Like it feels like in the blink of an eye, the summer's gone. I mean, of course, like we've had so much going on. Daryl Clark's appointment. Um, it's just been it's been mental. It doesn't in a mad way. It doesn't feel like it ever ended. But I got to admit, I am missing. I am starting to miss games. Mm. Um, I do the same thing every year. I start missing the games. Friendlies come around the corner. I get a little bit excited, and then ten minutes into the friendlies, I think, oh, Jesus, I need to watch a competitive game of football. Like it just doesn't cut it for me. Yeah. Um, they are just a bit dull friendlies. Um, there's another way to say it but I actually I haven't said that the game at Levington the other night was really competitive I thought, yeah. it, was, I thought it was good but um, yeah roll, roll on August the 3rd and the actual season I think after the last 24 hours in particular I think everyone's getting a little bit more excited now yeah this is the same thing with me I mean you got toward the end of last season and I was like oh I'm flagging here you know because it it's tiring as a player I'm sure but even as a journalist it's quite tiring isn't it when you get late on in the season You've been covering all these games, travelling up and down the country. And don't get me wrong, it's a blessing, not a curse. It is a blessing, yeah. But, I mean, it got to the point I was like, oh, I could, I could do with the summer break now. And now I'm just itching for the games to come back. It's it, it's almost, it gets to like a Friday. I'm like, oh, I've got actually got a Saturday free for once. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know what to do with it. I think, like, for Walsall in particular, it was, it was I mean, I'm not... Like, like you say, it is a blessing, but it was exhausting. Like, the end, end of the season, obviously going down, the pain that caused... You have to analyse it, you have to assess it. I wrote a couple of pieces, sort of laying the blame, really, pointing the finger, which was in multiple areas. Um, it was, it was a really hard end. It was a, it's a, it's a, it is emotionally draining, mm. right? It is emotionally draining. It's mentally, mentally tiring. But um, yeah, I think like, especially when you're losing games, especially when you're down at the wrong end of the table, especially when you end up being relegated. And But I think now... The sort of the new era is underway, um, and every, everyone does is feeling optimistic again, which is love, lovely to be a part of first and foremost. And yeah, just it's nice to be in that mindset and looking forward. And I think everyone is looking forward now. Yeah, I mean, you've had a little bit of time to reflect, Joe. I mean, as you said, it was a tough season. We won't we won't hang around on it too much because we talked it to death last in the last season of the podcast. Yeah, I agree. but in but in hindsight, I mean. What did you make of it? Have you had time to kind of heal the wounds? Uh, yeah, yes. The like the, the wounds are still open um, for 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 a lot of supporters. Um, there's no well for all supporters really, but the wound the wound is definitely not closed. I think it's fair to say. Um, People are still very, very upset about the relegation. They're still very disappointed in mm-hmm. in the way certain things that have gone on at Walsall. Um, in recent history and extended history there's a lot of grievances amongst the fan base you can completely understand that look relegation doesn't just go away unfortunately um it doesn't uh you, you, and it is definitely still lingers now it is even it's a sense of it at, at the friendlies um it's been one or two things we'll talk about later but some distasteful moments at friendlies um and you can you can see that that stems from the anger of last season the anger and the disappointment of last season so while while there is optimism, particularly from the last 24 hours, while it is the start of a new dawn, while there is very much this, like, I think everyone's very, very pleased with the appointment of Daryl Clark as manager. Yeah. You don't sweep a relegation under the carpet. Um, it doesn't go away. And I think it only will go away when 
Walsall fans see they have got a truly competitive side in League Two. I don't think it's not going to be as it's not as drastic as they have to get back to League One. But I think what they want to see is a team that is capable of competing for promotion, playing good. For, they want a team to be proud of. Mm. Um, the thing Dean Keats said he always wanted to give the town a team to be proud of, and that is what Walsall fans want. Um, and I don't think until they get that again. Um, that the cobwebs of last season will go away, really. And, of course, you can't get that until you're in the season. Yeah, it's just yeah, not yeah. going to happen in pre-season. It's not going to happen after five games, probably, um, unless you're top and have won all five. So it's de- the wound is definitely still open. There's still a lot of hurt out there. There's still a lot of anger out there. And I think it's probably fair to say a lot rests on August, September, and how Wolves will start the new campaign. Yeah, because you, you can go into pre-season, you can spank some non-league side. Not that Wolves will have, by the way. Um, and it, <laughs> it, it doesn't exactly... Um, doesn't Because you look at it and it's a bit of a, you know, you can't really win with pre-season friendlies because if you do beat a team you're supposed to beat, then it's like, oh, well, it's just pre-season, you know, it doesn't mean anything. Whereas if you lose to them, it's like, well, all of a sudden it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, We're losing yeah. to, a pre-season, uh, to a non-league side. I don't think I've ever watched a friendly though where the underdog hasn't been the better team, with the exception of Walsall Villa last season. Was it last season? Or se- when yeah, Hor- it was Horah- last season. Last when season. Horahan got a hat trick, I mean they. Oh, and and Stoke actually, last season. I mean that Stoke that day looked like Barcelona. It was ridiculous. The way. <laughs> I mean, they did have about three ex Barcelona players. Oh, they were so bang average though throughout uh, the season. They, they were, were so average. average. I mean, that, amazing, but they looked amazing. That they looked great that day. Um, but normally, I mean, Marsha talks by in his column oft, often. Like, I mean, he hated friendliness against non-league teams, reserves against well, non-league teams. They're always team. going to be well up for it. Well up they? for it. They've got a point to prove. They probably all believe they should be in the league. They think they like they want to, oh, whoever it is in the middle of the park, they want to crunch them, don't they? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you're, not, you're non-league Sergio Busquets. Yeah, I mean, that's like, I mean, at, at Leamington. Yeah, I mean, Danny Guthrie obviously was on trial for that game he's obviously signed since but if you're Leamington central midfield and you're coming up against Danny Guff for 100 Premier League games yeah, let's yeah. be honest you're going to stick it to him aren't you you're oh, going to yeah, try yeah. and leave it in on him 100% um, and I think that's why friendlies particularly against non-league sides I think you have to be a bit careful with them I don't like the, the results as Daryl Clark has said time and time again they really really do not matter um, but yeah it's been I've, I've seen some encouraging signs in them yeah yeah always always the case um uh, I'm going to talk listeners through the premise of this podcast today. There's, n- there's not going to be any fancy segments from me. I've not come up with any fancy games, anything like that. Oh, that's disappointing. It is a little bit, but you know what it was? There's just so much to talk about. Yeah. We're just going to go full on. Just going to be we're hard gonna... on news, hard hitting. Yeah. yeah. We're going, we're no going all in. No respite. It's just going to be... You just prepare for a 60-minute barrage of Warsaw bombard information. Bombard of information. Okay. Exactly. Exactly okay. that. Of course, we'll try and keep it light-hearted, yeah. as we always do. Um, let's talk incomings, Joe. This is where we're going to start. Um, and I'll tell you what we're going to start with. The last day or so, I mean, what a difference a day makes. What a difference a day makes. Um, so true. Um, strange. It's been it's been str- strange summer, um, in a sense that... The, the thing with Daryl Clark is, I'll say this, I mean, I probably would have said this as we go through the incomings, but we'll start with this. Daryl Clark, his best signings in his career have been what you would call relative unknowns. Mm. He has, he is the manager who has sort of made the players they are that they are today. Likes of Billy Bowden, likes of Ellis Harrison, very very good players. But before he got them, their career was a bit nomadic. They hadn't fulfilled their potential. Yeah. So I think that's Walsall have signed a lot of players who Clark believes, who Clark believes in first and foremost, and who Clark believes he can develop. Um, they are players who they're not they're not household names. The vast vast majority of them, Walsall fans would never have heard of before they arrived. Mm. Um, but they wouldn't be at Walsall if they didn't have the ingredients Clark wants in a player. I think that's very very exciting and very very promising. It is very much in Clark we trust. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. We are putting all our faith in him. Um, but his record speaks for itself. It is very very good. Um, so yeah but then the last 24 hours there's been a shift um, in terms of signing players with relatively little experience to signing two players obviously with vast vast experience Um, and I think they're very very good signings Danny Guthrie we saw at Leamington on the ball is very very good in terms of keeping the ball moving one touch passing playing 
being positive in possession, keeping the ball, keeping things ticking over. He's, he's going to be a very, very tidy midfielder in there. Um, and you just imagine, he, he probably needs to work on his fitness, but he'd only just joined the group last week. Yeah. Clark will, Clark's massive on fitness, so he'll definitely get him in shape. He looks a real acquisition, I think, mm. um, in the middle of the park. Um, but Matt Sadler, for me, is, the, is, is, is probably, not the sign of the summer, actually, but he's definitely up there. Um, Still a few weeks left, Joe. They couldn't, they couldn't no, be. I think we made some very good signings, actually. Um, but I'll get to that later. But um, Matt Sadler, Shrewsbury fans, devastated he left. Yeah. We're not quite sure what's gone on there. Looks like him and Ricketts. I don't think had. A, no, it doesn't look like they were best pals. Should we say that? I don't know what's gone on, but he is loved at Shrewsbury. Matt Sadler, not just by fans, but behind the scenes as well. Yeah. Um, he's an ultimate professional. Five hundred thirteen games. He he was a left back when he was with Walsall before. Last couple of years, he's moved to centre back. Um, he did incredibly well that season. Shrewsbury just missed out on automatic promotion. Um, yeah when they were so unlucky really um, not to go up under Paul Hurst and then last year he played very well again did very well and then I think he found himself out of the team towards the end coinciding when Ricketts arrived so maybe it's just that managers have their favourites managers have their picks it doesn't seem like Sadler was a Ricketts pick but town fans very very disappointed to see him go they'll hate it that he's rocked up at Walsall Um, I think that is a gem of a sign in Mm. Um, and I think a back three of James Clark, who I think James Clark could be our sign in the summer. Yeah. Um, James Clark, Dan Scar, and Sadler. I think that looks very, very promising. Yeah, certainly does. Um, so 11, 11 incomings. 11, yeah, blimey. Uh, There's still more to do. It's mad. Yeah, it, it's, it's pretty crazy. Uh, I'll quickly reel them off. Elijah Adebayo, James Clark, as you said, Shea Facey, Danny Guffery, James Hardy, Jack Kearsey. Is that pronounced right? Kearsey? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Wes McDonald, Cameron Pring, Jack Rose, Matt Sadler, and Stuart Sinclair, who rocks a beard, by the way, which is you yeah. know you could stare at it all day you and you could. still wouldn't you you would you would never figure out what his face looks like if you shaved it off. You wouldn't. Lovely lad. I haven't, I haven't interviewed him. I haven't met him, but by all accounts, from everything I hear from about him, he's, he's a, I think he's going to be a gem of a signing as well. He looks on the field to be a manager's dream. Mm. Um, you can see why Sinclair's um, uh, why Clark's taken him from to Bristol Rovers and brought him to Walsall. I think he's just... He, he reminds me a little bit of Adam Chambers in that season when we almost went up. Yeah. Just outstanding at breaking up play in the middle of the park and perhaps, perhaps a little bit more dy- dynamism than, than Chambers had. He gets mm. just got a, lot, got a lot of energy in those legs. I think he's a fantastic acquisition, I really do. I mean, the, the beard, maybe the beard helps him. Maybe you love the beard, don't you? I, I, I couldn't get over it when he, when I tell you what, when Walsall signed him, I, look, I looked at his signing picture where he's holding up the shirt. I didn't take one look at the shirt. I didn't take one look at anything else. And I imagine that's what it's like when you're on the pitch against him. You're like, crikey, look at that beard. it's intimidating coming up against him because of that beard. Probably. I reckon so. It, I mean, it's, it's, it's a strange one because it's not like... Um, We've got a question about beards, actually, from one of the listeners, so I, I won't go too into it. But it looks a bit different than many other footballers' beards, yeah. put, put it that way. Um, anyway, of, of that list, Joe, I mean, you kind of highlighted a couple. Are there any others you, you think are, are really uh, astute signings, or do you think they're all pretty much on the money? Um, it's, it's like, I mean, it really is hard to tell, because they are all unknowns, relatively. Mm. I think Adebayo is a very, very interesting one. He looked... It, it, last season was very, very mixed for him. The, the quotes from Swindon when he was there, I mean, he, he, I think he got sent back from Swindon. Um, he turned up late for training a couple of times, and that's why they did it. But the manager did say he is going to be a top player, even when criticising him. Mm. He said he's going to be a top player. And he does look... He's been these two friendlies so far. He's looked very, very effective. Um, he looks a real handful. Um He's, he's got really, really quick feet. Um, look, uh, and he's, he's a strong lad. He scored a good header at Alfreton. It looks like he's got all the tools, really, to be almost like a complete striker. So, look, he's got a long way to go. I think what, what's massive for Walsall here is he's left Fulham. He's not on loan at Walsall. Like, Walsall is his club now. Yeah. Um, he's got a point to prove, which Clark wants in all his silence, but he really has because... It didn't work out from at Swindon. Didn't work out from when he went on loan to Stevenage. Like he's not going to get another. Like he's not going to want to leave Walsall on loan. 
So this is his big shot now. He really has to knuckle down and, and prove himself. So and and the talent clearly is there. So he's he's a he's a real one to look out for. I think. Um, By the sounds of it, as well. I mean, if you've you can you can get away with messing around in training in some places. I don't think you can under under Clark. No, nah, not not. It doesn't at all. seem like the type to take that kind of. No, not at all. Um, it, no, yeah, absolutely not. Uh, it's it's very yeah it's interesting it's definitely it's definitely Daryl Clark's way mm. I mean he said what did he say about Morgan and Ferry cut him off at the knees um, yeah. <laughs> if they start um, if they play up which they haven't done and we'll get on to uh, Ferry and Dobson later of course but yeah I mean basically Daryl Clark does things his way um, and it, and that's that and I think a lot of people will go well yeah that's what a manager should do but a lot of managers don't I don't mm. think I don't think there's not there's not that many who've got the strength to actually stick to their guns 100% of the time. I think Clark pretty much does. Yeah, yeah, certainly sounds like it. Um, I suppose the one thing which, you know, looking at from the outside, you'd say is also haven't really spent any money. Um, a lot of free signings, a lot of loanies. Do you see them? I mean, as as is the case with Walsall anyway, they're never going to have the biggest budget in the world. Yeah. But do you see them spending any money? Yeah, Keats was allowed to spend money. Um, I think they'd be mad. I mean, be mad not to let Clark spend money. Look, we're... We've got money for Cook. We th- we understand it's 150k. Mm-hmm. Um, probably Dobson's going to leave. We don't know. We don't know if he's going to leave or not. Um, but obviously Sunderland have expressed an interest. Um, whether or not they, whether or not that happens or not. But you'd like to think there's a little bit of money for him there. Yeah. I mean, it's. I, I'm not against never signing players for. I'm not against like if he never signed if he never signed a player for a fee, I wouldn't be against it. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, League One, League Two. There's a hell of a lot of players out there on free transfers. I, I don't. You, you don't need to spend money to be successful. You really don't at that level. But you'd like to think there's a bit there. Mm-hmm. And they backed Keats. They did back Keats. Yeah. Um, so you'd like to think they'll back Clark. Yeah, yeah you'd like to think so. Um, certainly one thing you can say is it's not going to be um, quite the same situation we were in when we were getting the team photo done last year, will it? Plenty of faces around. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. That was interesting, that was. It was yeah, it was all odd last, last season. I mean, like, I never, last season was mad. But, I mean, I mean, what a bonkers season. The fact we started the game with 10 game unbeaten run, but on the 24 hours before the first game, we only had one centre-back. Yeah. I mean, none of it adds up. Like, never, none of it, it's just madness. But it's consigned to history now. Um, like I said, the wound is still open, but it's all about looking forward for me. Do you reckon... Um Corey Roberts will feel a bit like a new signing. Yeah, I don't think he's... Uh, unfortunately, I think he's doing very, very well with his recovery, but I don't think he's close, mm. um, which makes me think we will sign another centre-back this summer. Because um, I think Clark's going to want four, because three is definitely a big option for him, three at the back. Yeah. Um, so obviously if someone got injured, he'd have to come straight in. If, it, if it's four, he's got competition for the right and left side of central defence. So... Um, Corey Roberts will definitely have a role to play this season, but I don't know. We're not. I'm not sure when. I spoke to Clark about him about a week or so ago because um, so much has happened. I don't think I've put the quotes out yet. But he basically, he's had his plates out um, in his leg, but he's still got work to do before he's anywhere near match ready. So, yeah. unfortunately, I don't know. It could be still a fair while well, before we see thing, Corey Roberts. Fingers crossed, it's not because you know you know you don't want to see a player go down with such a serious injury. No, he's such a talented lad as well. It'd be great to have him back. Yeah, and when he does come back, I imagine it will feel a bit like a new signing. Yeah, because he's not yeah. Been, he's not been around for so long. Um, right, so we've talked incomings. Let's talk outgoings. Um, plenty of players were out of contract, Joe. We kind of knew they were all on their way. Um, Chris Dunn, Joe Edwards, John Guthrie. Hales Doherty, uh, Zeli Ismail, Kieran Morris, Omar, Omar Musa, Azar Osborne, Cameron Peters, Jordan Sanger. Um, Nicky Devlin was one who was offered a deal alongside Mr. Kinsella. Um, made different decisions, didn't they, at the end of the day? Yeah, sad to see Nicky. I mean, really sad to see Nicky go on a personal level, of course, because he, I mean, I think, and I think he was, I mean, he's as nice as it gets when it comes to footballers. I mean, he is an absolutely lovely, lovely lad. I think all Warsaw fans know that. Um, I think most Warsaw fans would have liked him to stay as well. Um, yeah. I think, and that says a lot about him, really, because most Warsaw fans were happy to really sort of wield the axe after the last two years. Yeah. They wanted the vast majority of players to go. 
but I think a lot of people would have kept Nicky. Um, and I think he would have done a really good job in League Two. Mm. I think he would have. Um, but he's got to move to the Scottish Prem. It's, um, it's not a bad move, It's a great it? move for him. I mean, he, of course, he is Scottish. Um, he gets to go back home. I'd imagine um, he's on more money. Um, I can't remember if he's a Celtic or Rangers fan. He's one of them, though. Can't remember which oh, one. Don't get it wrong, Joe. Know, you, won't, yeah. you won't make people happy. But whoever it is, whoever he supports, he's very much looking forward to playing there. Um, I mean, that's like a childhood dream, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think you can't really stand in his way of that. Um, really, really good move for him. Um, but yeah, I think it was him, Kinsella, and Cockrell Mollett's deal was extended, like the club, that was in the club's option to do that. So yeah. they did that. And then, yeah, but event, and Liam Kinsella did stay. Um, which of course was a massive, massive boost because he was a big player last year and is getting better, better and better. And I think he'll be a really big part of this Daryl Clark side. Yeah, you, I mean, you said you know last season you were hopeful he'd sign New Deal and you think you thought he would, um, but is, I mean you can't grumble, can you? Can't grumble, mate. Can't grumble. Decent signing. He's He'll been with him since he was seven. Um, that's the bottom line. Like Liam Kinsella is Walsall. Walsall's all he's ever known. Mm. Um, like. I think he'd probably stay there for his entire career if he could. I mean, he's got to be, he's got to be sensible. He's got to look at his options. If he if he's got loads of money on the table elsewhere, then of course he's got to consider it if he's out of contract. But I think there's no doubt about it. Liam Kinsella's heart is with Walsall, um, yeah. and it's yeah, it's cracking news that he's, he's signed. Are there any other ones who have gone that you might have given a second thought about? For me personally, there's one or two. I mean, um, but. We've done it all before, and we're old ground. And I think, mm. while I would have, I'd, I mean, like maybe like John Guthrie, I think is a good centre back. I think it like he fell out of favour towards the end of last year, but I think in League Two particularly, do very well um, in the right team, especially in a team that's winning. Let's be like the aim next season is to be winning games of football. Obviously, that's yeah. get aim every season, but we're actually hopeful of doing it next season. If you're playing in a team that's doing well, with a bit of confidence. Personally, I think Guthrie would have been a good a, a good player. Um, and Joe Edwards, Clark is very, very versatile manager. He likes to shift formations. Um, he changes formations in games a lot. So to have a player like Joe Edwards who can essentially play... Mr. Versatility. Mr. I mean, Mr. Versatility. Right back, left back, central midfield, left midfield, right midfield. To have a player that adaptable and good, because he's a good player, Joe Edwards. Yeah. I'm a bit surprised maybe they didn't want to keep him. Um, but I do think I've said it many a time everyone I think a lot of people just felt the need for a fresh challenge there's no animosity it's not like it's not like they just desperate couldn't wait to get out mm. I just think everyone thinks do you know what the last couple of years haven't been great for everyone involved I think everyone just needs a new challenge and, and, and just to try something a bit different How far do you think Walsall have gone to replacing all those players that have gone do you reckon they've done the majority yeah, I think I think we need a couple of wingers still. I mean, Wes McDonald signed yesterday. He's on a, he's he's one he's on a short term deal with Jake Kersey. Um, we don't know. Obviously, we've got this policy in the Daryl Clark where we won't reveal contract lengths. We yeah. don't know how long these players have signed for. We know they're short term deals. Are they a month? Are they three months? Are they six months? We don't know. Mm. McDonald is on one of these short term deals, so we've got one natural winger in the squad, and he's on a short term deal. So for me, we probably still need two. Yeah. Um, so we need one there. And then I think the striker thing is depends on Morgan really. Is mm. Ferrier gonna is is Ferrier I think it's and it's twofold. Is Ferrier gonna realise his potential? Yeah. And if he answers yes and he's staying, then that's fine because he could be very, very effective. But if he isn't gonna, um, if he's not gonna contribute really like he didn't second half of last season, then we need someone to replace him because we need some we need another goal scorer, I think. Yeah, and talking about goal scorers, um, Andy Cook, of course, it's a loss, isn't it? Losing that amount of goals and someone who can provide that amount of goals. Yeah, I mean, this is the one. Look, if Dobson leaves, I'm going to be heartbroken. I'm not going to lie. Um, I, I, and there's a bit, there'll be a lot of fans who are angry if Dobson goes. Personally, for him, I'd, I'd be pleased for him. I mean, Sunderland, yeah. if they do come in, massive club, he'll probably treble his wages. Um I don't think you could hold him back, really. And he is no. a great lad, George. He is a great, great lad. Um, I tweeted many a time, like, if we had a team of George Dobsons, we wouldn't have gone down. And I stand by it. He scored that goal against Northampton, obviously, that kept us up the year before. Like, I mean, he, he, I mean, there's no point in hiding it. He is one of my favourites. Like, I do love yeah. the boy. Yeah. Um, but Cookie is an interesting one. There's a lot I want to say on Cookie. Um, 
a lot, which brings me on to the fans, which will probably give me a little bit of stick, um, but I think it needs saying. Mm. So it's my understanding that Andy Cook, one of the reasons why he left was because because he had a fallout with Walsall's fans, um, primarily at the game at Quinton Stanley um, last season, where... I mean, everything went wrong. I mean, I've said before, it was the worst performance I've seen from a professional football team. It was that bad. We were dreadful that day. Um, Absolutely dreadful. And I think Cook felt very unloved um, at Walsall. I think at all the other clubs he's been at, um, he has been loved. He's a goal scorer. He scored 18 goals last season in a poor team. Um, And I think he was scratching his head as just to why he got so much vitriol on Twitter, so much anger, so much nastiness and I think I think that's the word I'm I'm going to start using is the things some people are saying are nasty Mm. they are nasty and what and what my issue with it is I don't well what I will say is I think these players are are getting an awful lot they've they've had an awful lot of abuse yeah and I think if you went to work every day imagine if we went rocked up at work every day and there was someone sat next to us and they were just like you are effing useless at your job I have you behind me like, 20 yards away mate you I do try that and do all it, the time I try and do it quietly I didn't realise oh, you had oh, yeah, you, you, well you got to whisper quiet oh right, I do yeah because <laughs> you are useless bless you uh, <laughs> you're better than Judah uh, oh. <laughs> hi Bart uh, hi Bart Nathan Judah will not be presenting the, awards, the uh, best got beat for future episodes uh, uh, after after Joe Massey said that but can, please continue Joe yeah um, so I just think like they, they've come in for a lot of criticism. I think some of it's been really, really nasty at games. Um, and then, if you, if, you're, if you, every time you turn up to work, someone's constantly telling you you're rubbish, constantly mm. putting you down, constantly saying you're not fit to do the job, constantly saying, get out of my club. If you had that all day, someone next to you all day doing that to you in your office, you would hate them and you'd want to leave. But then, if you then went home and you looked on Twitter and all these people were saying it to you still. Yeah. And I think... I'm going off on a tangent here, so sorry to everyone listening, because I'm just going to have to say what's on my mind, and it'll just come out as it comes out. But the biggest thing I've learned since being a football reporter, working in football is, yeah. and it sounds mad, is footballers are human beings. Yeah. It sounds so stupid. But the only thing dif- di- that's different between George Dobson and me is that George Dobson's better at football than me. Yeah. Other than that, he's just a, a nice lad. He's just, uh, just, he's just a normal human being. Mm. Um. And Andy Cook's a normal human being, um, and he had to deal with a hell of a lot of abuse. Um, and, and that is a factor why he's left. Categorically, that is one reasons why he's left. He had his family come into games. He didn't like his family hearing some of the things that were said about him. He's felt it was worse at Walsall than anywhere else he's known. He thinks he's been loved at other clubs. And that, I'm not saying it's the only reason why he left. Like there were other, I'm sure there were other reasons in that. But he, as the... Also, the, the the abuse he got is a huge reason why he moved on, um, and I think that's really really sad mm. because as much as I'm excited about next season, as much as I'm looking forward to it, as much as I really genuinely believe we're going to have a new campaign, a good campaign, I think we'd be stronger with Andy Cook. Yeah. Um, categorically, I think we'd be stronger with Andy Cook. I don't know if we've got a twenty goal striker, or we're going to buy a twenty goal striker. I hope Josh Gordon and Adebayo do it, but. I think Cook guarantees it. Mm. I really, really do. Bar injury, um, I think Cook guarantees it. And the why this is like this is the straw that like broke the camel's back on me because this is what I want fans to like appreciate is I going back. I spoke to a player, and all these players are going to remain unnamed. Mm-hmm. But I spoke to a player who played in the Dean Smith team, the Dean Smith, Sean O'Driscoll, John Whitney team. Who one of the reasons why he left was. He, he didn't like the abuse he got from fans. Yeah. I spoke to another player the following year after a game who was got a lot of abuse at the game and was going to blast the fans. Mm-hmm. He actually came out to do press, this player. Yeah. Now, he got stopped from doing it um, by the media officer at the time. and That's a wise move, by the uh, way, from the media yeah, officer. Yeah, and the player left. The player did actually leave. And ironically, he's actually... I've seen on forums this summer some fans saying we should re-sign him. Yeah. Now, I'm telling you, he's not coming back in a million years yeah. um, because he was so hurt by comments the fans made, which I think was... In, and then, obviously, the players last year 
Uh, there are certain, I mean, everyone knows who they are. We've mentioned Kirk, Luke Leahy, of course, John Guthrie. They had dreadful relationships with the fan base. Mm. And I think, like, what, what I want to say is I've seen some comments where fans have said that the vitriol isn't behind these... The vitriol isn't the reasons why these players leave. Yeah. And I just want to say that's not true. Like, it is playing a part. Mm-hmm. It is playing a part in their decisions. And I think last season there were players who didn't want to play for the fans. Yeah. I do believe that. I think they, they, they were not going out on that pitch to give their all for those supporters because the, the relationship had deteriorated that much. Um, and what, it's just, so I, what frustrates me is if, if, if people listening to this say they should, be tough and, they should be tougher than that, they should be able to deal with it, they've got to be able to, they're professional footballers, that's the right to their opinion. And if, if that's your opinion, it's not my opinion, mm-hmm. I think it's gone too far, I think it's nasty. I think people just need to take 10% off sometimes. Um, but what I don't like it when people say is when people say it doesn't make an impact, it's, not making, it's nothing to do with it, because it is something to do with it. Mm. Um, it really, really is. Um, and I've had it from multiple players that it is. Um, so for me, that's good enough. Um, an example, another example for me was at Alfreton on Saturday when Dan Moll, director, club secretary, went to the game with his kids, two kids. I don't know how old they are, but off the top of my head, I don't know, about seven and like four, seven and three. I don't yeah. know. He's got, he's got a little girl and a little, and a little boy. Um, and look, I've got, they're lovely children. I've only met them a couple of times, but they're lovely kids. And, um, He's, Dan Moore went to that game on Saturday as the only board member, mm. the only one. So there's a, there's a big board at Walsall. I appreciate I'm going on here. I'm on my soapbox. But there's a big board at Walsall, as I wrote when we went down. Yeah. Like, there's multiple people on that board. He went on his own. He was the only director who, let's be honest, could be bothered to turn up. He, yeah. And he did yeah. turn up. Yeah. He came with his two kids. Like, it was a sunny day. First game under Daryl Clark. And... Fans start singing angrily at him, sack the board, sack the board, sack the board, which isn't is is not great. But then they started saying, "Mole, like mole you this, mole you that, mole you this, mole you that." Um, now, like he is just like I can't, I just can't, I can't get that into my head. That's, that's just, to me, that's just like I just a step too far. It's not on for me. It's not on for you. No, no I don't like it because <laughs> this is the issue you've got right. Is a pre-season game. Pre-season games in general, unless you're playing a massive side away from home, they're normally very intimate affairs. You know what I mean? The grounds are never full. You can hear, you can hear, you know, one fan on the sideline having a go at whoever, a player, a, and yeah, they are very you know, intimate. You can, you can hear it. You can hear it. And when you're in pre-season, there is a general attitude that. The game doesn't matter a whole lot. It doesn't matter whether you win or you lose. You can have your own opinion on it, but in general, it's an opportunity for players to get fit and the team to kind of get to know one another, to gel. Because you don't always get that on the training pitch. You can you can try and emulate a match scenario as much as you want, but you won't get that until you're in an actual game. And yeah, a preseason great. game is as close to it, a competitive game as you can realistically get. So uh, the game itself, regardless of how the result is going... Whether or not you're happy with the performance on the pitch, you shouldn't really be targeting anyone on the sidelines. You can be unhappy with the club, especially when someone's family are there and it's is it's a it's an arena which you can hear what you're saying. It's not going to be muffled out. It's not like you know the last game of the season when it's sold out. You can say what you want then because half the time you can't even hear a bloody yeah. word you're saying. And it's just for me when you've got someone there and you can see that. I understand they might not have known that his kids were there and if a fan looks back and says, oh, I didn't realise he was with his kids, maybe they would have sec- they had second thoughts about it. But it's one of them which I think you've just got to think and sit there and think, what am I doing here? Am I criticising someone just because he's there or am I criticising them for good reason? You might say there's good reason behind it, but when he's there on his own with his family, as you mentioned, it's not really on for me. I think like, exactly, I completely agree with what you're saying. I think this is a really, really good example of where maybe need to take 10% off in terms of like first and foremost where are we starting from we went, we've been relegated we've been relegated and the board have got to take a hell of a lot of responsibility for that Dan Mole is on that board therefore he has to take responsibility for mm-hmm. it no one is disputing that for one minute um, absolutely not but if you've got a gripe with um, the board I don't think people per se have got a gripe with Dan Mole I think they've got a gripe with the board 
and because he was there, he had to just front it up, basically, because he yeah. was the only one there. He was the lightning rod. That yeah. I mean, Dan Moore's going to have to accept that if someone if someone's not happy with what he's doing or they want to say something to him, he's a public figure, really. Yeah. Like he's he, people know who he is. He runs he runs their football club. If someone wants to go up to him and say to him, "I think you're doing this wrong. I think you're doing that wrong," and he can have a conversation with them, he, he, that's that's fine. We went down. Things did not go to plan. Questions have got to be asked. Fans deserve to have their say. That's we've got to be constructive. And, and they deserve criticism. They absolutely do. But that criticism has got to be constructive, and and obviously he's entitled to to say what how how he sees it as well. Yeah. Um, and like what I would say just on that is like there's been a lot a lot is made of the board decisions recently, like the appointment of Keats, the appointment of O'Driscoll, blah blah blah. But there was a logic to them. There was a logic to all those appointments, and that's what I mean. The, their job was to get it right at the end of the day. But I just think sometimes. Some some fans just need to think: Do I need to go that far? Mm. And in this instance, that far was: Do we need to chant at a single director, not the board, a single director, when he's got his seven eight year old little girl with him and his little boy? They just mm. come for a day out, um, and like his little boy probably doesn't know what's going on. To be fair, um, but the little girl like she will know she will know what they are saying mm. um, and I think that's really upsetting um, and I think that's where just 10% like I keep saying maybe just take it off because I do think it's affecting the, I do think it's affected players in the past and look Dan Moore's big enough to take it he'll take what happened to him last weekend he was at Leamington on Tuesday he's just got on with it but is that nice is it nice I don't think it is no um I think it's nasty, um, and I think that's what we need to just lose a little bit of, really. Do you but, think there's much of a difference between uh, like Walsall as a, a as a fan base compared to other clubs? Or do you think this happens at every club? Maybe we just highlight. Maybe it's being highlighted a bit. I think it probably happens at every club. Look, we're on the we're we're starting from a low spot, aren't we? We've been yeah. relegated. What 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 I will say is. I, ever, I don't. I feel like I've been really negative. Obviously, the last five ten minutes. I love Walsall. I love them since the moment I started covering them. Love them. I've fallen in love with the club. I do mm. love them. The reason why I love them is one major reason is because of the fans. Yeah. Like as Marshy says, you go grow up in Walsall. You're a stone's throw from Wolves. You're a stone's throw from West Brom. Stone throw from Villa. You can support any of those teams. Massive clubs. But yeah. no, you choose to support Walsall. I mean, you've got to be a little bit mental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every Walsall fan listens to this. You're a little bit mental. Right, because you've got massive clubs on your doorstep mm-hmm. and you're supporting Walsall. I love that about them. I love that about them. I think that's brilliant. Um, but I think because Walsall is a small club, we've basically got 3,500 fans, haven't we? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that come rain or shine. We get 4,000 average attendance at the banks. Is. The away fans flitter between 500 and 1,000, say. Basically, no matter what Jeff Bonser does, no matter what the team, how the team produces on the pitch... We are going to get around 3,200, 3,500 fans at the Banks' every week. Yeah. Now, in that 3,500, there's probably 50 or 60 prominent Walsall fans on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I would say there's only really 50 or 60 that really tweet me. Yeah. Um, and when it is that few, they, they're, it's very personal. Mm. I know the people tweeting me. Like, I know their names. I know who they are. I see them time, Like, we have conversations. A lot of them I've never met, but I always know that person. I think that's the problem as well. Like, when, when these players go on Twitter, they see this abuse, and it feels very personal because it's, oh, it's so-and-so from, oh, it's James or John or Michael. And you, you, it's the same people, and you know them. You know they're Walsall fans. You know what they're doing, and you don't know them, know them, but you know of them. And it's just... I just think it's very, very hurtful. Um, and it all comes back to this. They are human beings. Mm. And I do think that gets... I, and I mean it when I said it. That, that is what I have learned. Because I was the same. I was like, oh, wow, they're footballers. Wow, wow, wow. You don't think of them as normal human beings. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But they they really are. Um, and a lot of them are just nice lads. And struggling to cope with a bit of abuse. Do you reckon this kind of... Because you touched on it there, you said you love Walsall because you know they've got all these big clubs around them, but the fans choose to support Walsall because they are so committed. If Walsall were doing well every season, the atmosphere would be even heightened compared to some of the clubs yeah. that you see. 
but because they're on a downer, yeah, I agree. It's, it's more almost venomous. Uh, because, like, for me, I mean, the listeners and a lot of people who know me will obviously know that I, I'm an Aston Villa fan. But the amount of Villa fans who are, I don't like the term plastic fan, but the fans who don't go every week, you know, the fans who turn up the odd game, if they if, if they see their team lose, they're like, oh well. It doesn't ruin their oh, weekend. Oh, no, you mean that's a very good point, actually. It doesn't ruin their weekend, whereas I imagine every single one of the 3,500 Walsall fans who rock up every week, yeah. if they lose and put in a bad performance, like you said, against, it was Atkinson Stanley. Yeah, yeah, we were dreadful, yeah. Right. That will have ruined their weekend, maybe their entire week. Yeah, 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 I agree. Whereas a big club like Villa, Wolves, West Brom, you know, there are, there are fans like that at those clubs. But there are also fans who are, we lost the game. Oh well, there's a game next week. Oh well, it was just a cup. Oh well, it was we weren't expected to win. Yeah. And because they're not as committed, yeah. do you reckon that works? I think that's a really, really good point. Yeah, really, really good point. Yeah. I think that's a huge point. And I think also, say like, coming back to what I was saying about the per, like the, the individuality of it or the fact you know these people. I think if Villa, say that Villa have a bad game, they lose 4-0, they're going to have people who are going to target the players. Yeah, that's AV3492 on Twitter. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That guy. Um, and then they're going to have the players, the, what, I mean, they probably need a better term for it than plastic fan, but the ones who are not as bothered, they're going to jump in as well. Yeah. So, and sudden, what what I find what someone someone said to me who works for a bigger club is, when you work for a bigger club and you get three hundred notifications and it's all dogs abuse, mm-hmm. you just discard it. Yeah. But when you've got seven or eight messages, you look at them mm. and it's like, oh, and it's what I'm saying again. It's like, oh, it's John again. Oh, it's James again. Oh, it's Chris again. Oh, mm. it's Luke. And it's like it becomes very, very personal again. It's very, very easy if you get, if, I don't know, if, say, I mean, Jack Grealish is loved, isn't he? But if Jack Grealish had a shocker... I think Conor Hurahan was a good, a, a good brommer of last season for Villa because he, he was getting pelters at one point. I think, I genuinely believe it's worse to get stick on Twitter, nasty stick, from seven people than it is to get it from 300. Yeah. Just because it has that personal element to it. Um, does it almost get diluted with more and more people? yeah it gets diluted exactly great word yeah it gets diluted um, I think we're in a dangerous with a bit of, there's a bit of a worry with this there's a huge worry of mine huge worry of mine social media and Walsall Football Club in the minute there's a huge worry of mine well if they I'll tell you what if they go up there won't be any of it well exactly exactly and that's the bottom line isn't it like if you've got to deliver and that's, and if they do go up and if they're winning every week it, it won't happen Um but but if you're a football fan, you're not going to go up every year. You're not going to win every week. Like Walsall, if you if you support Walsall for fifty years, they're going to go up. They're going to go down. Simple as that. It's yeah. going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, it's just the way football works. Um, so I just think, may I just think at times, I keep saying it, ten percent needs to come off um, because and not this isn't an opinion. I'm not saying I think it's having a negative impact. Mm. I'm telling you. It's having a negative impact. It really is. Yeah, um, and you you talk about players leaving. You know, we touched on um, Ferry and Dobson before. What's the deal here, Joe? I mean, we're moving on now. Sorry we're about moving that on. rant. I mean, that is a rant, and it's stuff like like I said about podcasts. It's things. I think I can say it on the podcast. I can express how strong I fi- I feel about it, and I think people obviously understand how strong I feel about it. But to write it in the paper would come across stronger. Yeah. Um, so also think, you'd fill an entire paper I'd fill an entire paper yeah sorry um, so I think it's like good podcast material that but obviously I've probably whittled on for way too long oh no mate no 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 don't worry don't, don't you worry mate this, I is, do what people, this Dobson, is what people tune in for on the best copy Dobson and Ferrier what are we saying about them then yeah um, Ferrier I'm not so surprised about you not Dobson however I mean as you said you can't blame him for this you know Sunderland Massive club, massive money, I'm sure. Um, but he sounded well up for a promotion race. He did sound well up for, but because he's such a good lad. I mean, I've seen this thrown back in George's face once or twice. That I mean, look, this is the truth of it. Walsall were relegated at Shrewsbury on the final day. No player wanted to come out and talk. No player, like, they were all heads down. They were, they'd all, let's be honest, they'd all had enough. Yeah. Um, we'd all had enough. And the one player who came out was 21-year-old George Dobson. Captain, 
and he was interviewed. He had to be interviewed. Well, not he didn't have to be interviewed, but he had the courage to be interviewed. And he said in that interview, quite rightly, when you get relegated, the aim should be to bounce straight back up. Mm-hmm. Um, like, can't be criticised for that. He he had he had the balls to come out and speak when a lot of more senior players didn't. Mm. Um, and like, obviously, from my point of view. That's fantastic. Cause I need stories, but fans need want to hear from players. Fans need to hear from like people after like things go wrong like that. So he did say that. I think he was right to say it. He's a good player. A big club is interested in him, and Sunderland are a big club, and they pay big money, um, a lot more than what Walsall pay. Um, it's in the league higher. It's in front of. It's in a fantastic stadium. I just think give the lad a break. If he does leave, like. We can't criticise him for it. No, you can't, can't. You can't blame him. You can't blame him, and he's he's done what, like he kept us up one year. He scored that goal to keep us up. Um, just repeating myself again, but smashing lad. What sort of fee do you reckon Walsall should be commanding for him? I because this think, is I mean they're in a good position Walsall because they've got him tied down for a while. Yeah, he's tied down for a while, and that's, that has to go in George's credit as well. Because let's be honest, not many people sign long term deals at Walsall. But that shows his, his affinity for the club that he did he did pen a deal for such a, a lengthy amount of time. I would say, and I think three hundred thousand with add-ons that guaranteed it to be four hundred thousand. Yeah, would be um, a fair fee. Fair and. Ferrier? Fee? Fee. Southend bid 60 grand for him and it got turned down. I think anything in the region of that now, let him go. You reckon? Yeah. What would be the chances of that money being reinvested? I suppose that's the question because you can get money for players but if you're not reinvesting it, what's the point? Good question. Good. I'm sure. Well, I'm, I'm sure we'll be reinvested. Whether it be reinvested in terms of fees or wages, I don't know but what percentage it'll be. That's a question for the board um, and hopefully one that will be asked at the first opportunity either by me or by someone that a fan focus me in because that is that you're right that is absolutely integral do you think they'll happen both of them i don't know i genuinely genuinely don't know um the dobson one um the northern echo was it northern echo I think? Sunderland yeah. echo. no there's a northern echo and there's the sunderland echo that's right the northern echo isn't anywhere near as big a paper as the sunderland echo and the northern echo ran with a story to say it was close um and we obviously ripped that story off because that's what you do once the media you trust that media outlets are reporting the facts so we we, we did you do the story? I actually, yeah, but I made I made sure to include reporting. Yeah, so that's what that. Yeah, so the story would have been George Dobson's closing on the move to Sunderland, comma according to reports. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we basically we don't know if we, if we'd known he was going, we would have said comma the Express and Star understands. Exactly, we? exactly. Um, so we said according to reports, the Sunderland Echo were not sure. We were not sure. Um, from what I've heard since, doesn't well. It, they said close. It's not happened, does it? No. Um, if you say someone's closing in, you expect it within probably a the day. day. Yeah, probably the same day. Yeah, um, but definitely twenty four hours, um, and it hasn't happened. So we don't know where we are with that. It's, I think Sunderland's going to Sunderland have to come in and make a bid if they plan to. Um, they've got a lot of midfielders. I've been told a lot of midfielders. Well, they've just let go of Lee Catamol. You know, he's been a, a long servant there, but he's in a position where. I think it was Wednesday we're after him Sheffield Wednesday yeah um, so they came to a I think it was a mutual agreement in the end where he's ended up leaving so there is a hole there I think well they've got they've got enough they've definitely got enough as it stands but I spoke to the son of an echo guy and he said they've got a central midfielder who's interested in Aberdeen ah. um, is it Aberdeen I don't know um, Scottish side and I think it's Aberdeen and their manager's gone on record to say they're willing to pay a waiting game basically to get this Sunderland lad. But Jack Ross has said he wants to keep him. Can't remember his name. Um, but if he goes, then I think maybe then they'll up their interest in Dobson. But as it stands today, Friday, there's, I mean, he's definitely not leaving today. So Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There we go. It's one of them you have to wait and see. Right. Um, 
Joe was nice enough to put out a, a tweet asking for questions. We've got time questions. for these after my epic like run. Yeah, we we do. We still got How a little bit got? of time. We've, well, we're at about fifty minutes. Fifteen minutes. So we've got ten, fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah, something about that. Anyway, um, I'll whittle through them. Yeah, we'll whittle through the questions. We'll try and I'm answer so as many whittling. as we can. Yeah. Um, and I touched on this question before. Miles Drake asks, after our new Viking, who is your second favourite footballing beard? He's assuming, of course, that Sinclair is your first. Uh, he is my first favourite beard. Uh, pretty amazing beard. And I wasn't sure. I'm not very like... Because not many people have beards. So they're actually like, you've got... A, would you call what you've got here a beard? It's, it's, it's not really a proper beard, I don't think. Yours is like extended stubble, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I keep it trying... I try and... I let it grow to a point and then it gets... It gets to an area where it's... It's not... You've got to look after it. That's when I think it's a beard when you have to oh, look after good, it. That's a good, um, good definition. Yeah, when you've got to look after it, it's a beard. Before that, it's just a bit of stubble. It's a bit of face fuzz. Yeah. Um, for me... And I'm a Villa fan, so Millie Edenak had a pretty good beard. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. And when he, he'd, he'd always do this thing, especially he did it for Australia very a lot of times, when he score, he'd do like this roar. It wasn't like a cheer. It was like an angry roar. And if you look at a picture of it, it looks amazing. It looks terrifying at the same time. But I'll tell you what, it's amazing. That sounds manly. Manly to say the yeah. least. Pirlo is my favourite beard. It's pretty good. Just because everything about him was silky. Yeah, it's a different kind of beard that is. Whereas the the, the Sinclair is like in your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot to that beard. Yeah. <laughs> but Pirlo, you could tell he looked after that beard, and it was there wasn't a hair out of place, was there? Yeah. Not a hair out yeah. of place. Um, so decent question, that Miles Drake. Uh, appreciate that one. Um, your tweet is unavailable. Yeah, someone's Someone, deleted a tweet. Someone's been slagging the song. Oh, is that what that means? Yeah, normally. Oh, I thought it's normally like abuse. Oh, it could be abusive one. That's, that's yeah. normally says sensitive content. Do yeah. you want to click? Um, Matthias with a, a pretty quick question. Two words. Formation speculation? Formation speculation? Uh, formation, spe- <laughs> formation speculation is that Daryl Clark plays different formation every five minutes. Um, he Expect loves, everyone under the sun, shall we? He is like Tinkerman extraordinaire. However, um, he's been three five two for pretty much. Well, for let me was it ninety minutes at Alfreton? I think it was. He might have gone like three five one one like one or something. I don't know, but yeah, he played for a back four for a bit at Leamington the other night. But he is gonna. He likes. He, I mean, he likes changing formations in games. He's Bristol Rovers said the reporter there said there's very very rare does he name the same side. Very very rare does he name the same formation. Um, however, it does look like as it stands, and it's very early days. It does look like three five two is Plan A, mm. um, which I'm very pleased about. Um, you love a three five two. I love a three five two. Love it. Having absolutely huge success on Football Manager at 352 at the minute. Oh, are you getting on? Um, absolutely smashing it with Chester. With Chester? Absolutely what? smashing it. Champions League? No, I'm, no, I'm top of the conference. Oh, okay. I thought you were smashing it as in like five seasons down, I was in the Prem, this and <laughs> no, that. No, but promoted and then going up again. I'm doing oh, very yeah, well. Yeah, that's not bad. You're yeah. not doing bad. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have you as Warsaw boss, not yet. Um, um, but yeah, so 352 looks to be plan A, but Clark will have. B, C, and D, and probably E for good and measure. F and G and H. Yeah, and don't be surprised if in the season you're looking at a player and thinking, "I swear to God, he was just a left back, and now he's on the right midfield." He will, he will mix things up. Yeah, sounds interesting. Uh, Kev YGA, Gordon, nor Adebayo have scored more than 15 league goals in a season, and Sinclair, Guthrie, and Kinsella aren't exactly known from scoring from midfield either. Is the obvious lack of goals a concern? Do you think a proven striker will be coming in? Do you know what? That is probably sums up my only concern at the minute in terms of the team. In terms of, I really, I really like Josh Gordon, and I, I like what I've seen of Adebayo. It's not a lot. It's about two forty-five minutes. Um, Gordon last year got five goals in his last twelve games. Mm. Now, if he went on to replicate that next season, that ratio, he would get around 18, wouldn't he? Yeah, something He'd like He'd be that. just shy of 20. I mean, he's still a big if. He's got to go and do it. I'm not saying he will do it. I'm just saying he's definitely, definitely got the potential to be able to do it. Um, Adebayo, he's a, he, and the truth is, he is a complete unknown. 
it's just something that harps back to cook a little bit. You just couldn't, you wouldn't put your mortgage on them. Um, there's, the potential's there, definitely potential there. And, and the thing with Gordon is, he'll, he'll do enough anyway. He'll contribute so much. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. It's not just the goals. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I would, especially if Ferrier goes, I would like to see another striker. Mm. Um, like a, a, a natural goal scorer. Because I think you'd have to say, as much as I like Josh Gordon, and I do... He's not a natural goal scorer, mm. um, and I don't know. If, I don't think Adebayo is either. So, I mean, look, natural goal scorers in League Two aren't easy to find, are they? But if I did have one. His name was Andy Cook. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Um, Liam Stewart, who do you think will be captain or suitable to be captain? Also, who is going to Poland? I'm assuming this guy thinks uh, Dobbo's off. Um, Captain now is interesting because I think there are a few candidates which is, to be honest, is really like refreshing. I think James Clark will be captain mm. um, based on the fact he's been captain in pre-season and to me, I mean, he's seen it all, done it all. He looks, I think, he, I think he's a cracking signing. Um, really, really do. Plus, he knows what Clark's all about from the last couple of years. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me if Sinclair was captain. Um, obviously Matt Sadler was Shrewsbury captain and has got so much experience yeah. um, like even like even like you could probably make a case for Kinsella yeah see this is the thing with captains because I've always thought it's slightly strange when you make a sign in and make him captain I don't know about other people oh true because he's not John Terry yeah that was I got why they did that because yeah, they brought him in for the leadership but often for me for example I'm playing FIFA or football manager. It's not very often I sign someone and go, I'm banned for you. Yeah, I know what you mean. I'd I'd like them to be an integral part of the club for a little while before making the captain. That's why when that question, I saw that question, Kinsella popped in my head and I know he's not, he doesn't seem like the loudest. But he'd lead by example, Kinsella. That's what I'm saying. He'd be be almost like um, the captain who, like you said, he's not the loudest, but leads by what he does on the park. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I do really like Liam. I've said before on the pod, he's a dream to interview because he knows everything about his game. He's yeah. like, I've started the last 12 games and before that I was on the bench for three. And it's amazing what footballers don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. knows everything that's going on. He knows the next five games. He knows he knows absolutely everything. He's a great he's a great lad. Um, so yeah, Kins, I think Kins will be good. But I think, it, I think it will be James Clark. And I think if it's not James Clark, I think it's probably going to be Clark, Sinclair or Sadler. If Dobson goes, I'm not even sure Dobson will keep it if he stays. Well, he probably won't now, will he? Now he's expressed to leave. He won't have yeah, it now. Yeah, it'll be iffy now. Yeah, um, so it'd be, I think it'll be one of those three, but I'd be happy, if, I'd be pleased if Kin's got it. One thing I will add to that point that I made before Clark is helped by the fact that he's a new manager. If you come into a club and you bring someone you've worked with previously, Ooh, yeah. then you can say, well, you were so-and-so's captain, but you're not mine. Yeah, yeah, true. So, slightly different there. I don't know if James Clark was Daryl Clark's captain. Should do, really. But Chase yeah. that one up, Joe. Chase oh, well, that one well, up. Well. Um, up to Sadlers. What are your thoughts on the departing members of the team? We've kind of already covered that. But what do you make of the rumours of bad attitudes and infighting last season? Uh, bad attitudes and infighting. I think there are one or two players, only one or two, that didn't have the, the best attitudes last season. I'm not going to name them. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to work it out. Um, in fighting, I'm to be honest. I hope they were. I hope they were fighting every week. You'd want um, that because at least it shows that they, they yeah they give not they not give something not Morgan Ferrier grabbing Luke Leahy by the neck in fighting, but maybe slightly too far, slightly too far. Um, but um, yeah, if they're gonna have a little scrap or an argument, or because they're losing every week, or they're not getting they're not getting themselves out of trouble, um, I'd have been all for that as long as it was like in the dressing room or at the training ground or whatever where no one could see it. Um, yeah it'll probably happen. I don't know I don't know what to say about that really I think last season we just exhausted it mm. it was a, let's be honest it was a disaster and we deserved to go down we did um, and I think we just need to not forget about it because you can't but we need we, we need we needed to rebuild and, and we're, we're starting to alright okay quick quick answers now quite joke. Quick All right, sorry 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 um, good appointment for the academy does this show Clark is rebuilding for the substantial spell with Walsall looking at the squad for this season but got plans in place for one two three five years in time what are your thoughts uh, yeah good appointment uh, this Miguel chap yeah apparently very highly thought of I can't remember him as a player to be honest um, People, a lot of people seem to think he was brilliant I mm. generally he wasn't on my radar 
I'm sure Clark has made a big thing about developing players. Very, very big thing. He clearly he's looking at it. He's looking at this as a project. He knows he's here for. He's, look, I'm sure he hopes he's here for the long term. Like, but I just we've just got to take think one thing at a time, haven't we? At the minute, I mean, yeah. to look five years down the line, I think we're getting a bit. Let's just. Con- I think. Not, I'm not being like a manager and saying let's take it game by game but let's just take it season by season let's just worry yeah. about this season for now and take it from there yeah you'll have Chester in the Champions League by then John, yeah, well, sure. yeah, well. <laughs> that one from Lee Reynolds um, Pete Meredith do you expect Adam Chambers to be in the club at any capacity um, I think the thing with Chambers um, is he doesn't know what to do bless him um, I think he's a little bit um, of a lost soul at the minute I don't think I don't think he knows what he wants to do next is what we're hearing um, and he's taking his time deciding I think he doesn't know whether to carry on playing he doesn't know whether to go into coaching he doesn't know whether to do something else of course his twin brother James retired and I think it's fair to say probably regretted it because he came out of retirement and played non-league for a little bit so he prob- he's super super fit as well Adam Chambers yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like ridiculous like his body is a temple like he is in unreal shape mm. um, so like, he probably can play on if once he's recovered from his injury which of course was really dragged on so he probably I can see why he's, in his head he's thinking I don't know what to do I don't know what to do um, but he needs to make a decision and if Clark has obviously said he can join training as a trialist. Maybe somewhere down the line there'd be a job from a Wolves, I think, because he's very, very, very highly thought of at Wolves. So he is he, he's loved. Mm. Uh, James Lake, where do you think we will realistically finish with some of the signs we've made? Playoffs now. Playoffs? Yeah. It's a, look, it's a bit of a bold one, really. Um, and it is down to Daryl Clark again, just because... He builds teams for promotion. Is the simple truth of it. And look, we've got the truth is we should play down expectations, but I don't think we're going to be top three. I think um, teams love bigger budgets, more money. Mm. Probably they, they and they just won't have undergone the overhaul. We like. I mean, we have lost everyone, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. We literally. I mean, all the players out of contract. Then we've lost Cook. We're probably going to lose Dobson. I mean, we've literally got Liam Roberts, Dan Scar. Kinsella and Gordon really mm. from last season four players so teams are going to have bigger budgets they're not going to have been as disrupted as we've been it's not going to have been as such a bigger rebuild for their managers so I think it's hard I think it's hard to finish top three even though there is three automatic promotion places but I think Clark's a winner yeah um, and I think We've got some good players. We've signed some good players. So I'd like to think we can be around that seventh spot, sixth, seventh. Yeah. But it's the, what month are we in? July? Yeah. Hell of a long <laughs> way to go, yeah. Yeah, ask us in, what, six months? Ask, ask me in, like, after my predictions from last season when I got massively carried away after we went 10 games unbeaten. Ask me in March. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, John Chambers, uh, this, is, this is a decent question considering what we've just been talking about. Which hotel are you staying in for the playoff final? Hilton on Wembley Way. Hilton? Yeah. Made of money? Well, they look after me, here. Where's the nearest travel lodge? That's where you'll be. <sighs> they'll, they'll send me on the train back home. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a chance they're booking me a hotel. Um, all right, quickly, uh, maybe some of us. Um, Matty Cooper, are we signing Cairo Edwards John, the trialist? Don't know, don't know. be interesting to see if he's in Poland, though. Yeah, that will be interesting. Uh, you looking forward to Poland? Uh, yeah, I am. I am. Mm, yeah, I am. No, you're going to be living it up, ain't you? Mm. They, you? You said they'll look after you, mate. What, Warsaw? No, no. Oh, our place. Yeah, yeah, our yeah, place. yeah, yeah. I've got a nice hotel. A swanky it's not, hotel. It's not, it's not with the um, players. Oh, uh, that's a shame. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be all right, wouldn't it? All right, okay. Um, last one. How many more signings to come? I May, think... May Cooper. I think one centre-back, one... Two wingers, sorry, and a striker. Decent. Four more. But I think what might happen is we might have to wait a bit for because the transfer window for the Premier League and the Championship closes at the start of August. Ours closes at the first week of September the 3rd, I think. Yeah, they're a little bit different. So I think Premier League and Championship clubs will be working now to finalise their squads and then when they do that, low knees will become available. Mm-hmm. So might that's why we'll probably have to wait a little bit. I'm not like some signings um, but I think it's huge that Clark's done so much of his business before Poland I think that's absolutely fantastic yeah wise move that gives you a chance to work with them 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I still think four more potentially, but um, I don't know when. I don't know when they'll be. I don't think they'll be close. I think we've had a little. Fl- we've had our excitement after yesterday. Oh yeah, trio of signings in one day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, can't go wrong with that. Right, that just about does it from us, Joe. We're done. Yeah. How long have we gone on for? Uh, about an hour and four minutes. An hour and four, yeah, wrap it up, wrap it yeah, up. Yeah, too yeah. long and not keep going on and on and on. It's never too long, mate. Don't even worry about that. What have you made of it, the return of the best cup? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I lost my head a bit in the middle with a rant. I feel knackered. I felt tired before I came in. Oh, is it drained you? It's drained me. No, um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, all good. Not at the game tomorrow, unfortunately. Part-time at uh, part-time. I'm going for a little weekend in Devon with my little girl. Um, and then flying to Poland. And then flying to Poland on Monday. So, yeah. So, really, I'm disappointed about that because not only am I not going, we're not covering it. Um, yeah, you were keen to send me. I was keen to send you. <laughs> I'm very not happy that we're not covering a Warsaw game. Um, as the expression star, I think that's not good enough. It's a pre-season game, though. If you're not a- going to cover a game... Yeah, pre-season is probably the best way to go. Yeah, oh yeah, we'd never not cover a league game. I'd go absolutely lose my head. Imagine. Um, but yeah, it <laughs> first is ex- game of the season. Nah, we ain't sending anyone. We got what have we got. We got Spears in China, and we've got Wilson in Spain. Matt Wilson in Spain, the Albion reporter. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot going on. So, but yeah, not happy about it. But yeah, fingers crossed they get get a result tomorrow. Yeah, fingers crossed they do it. Um, but until a fortnight's time that's it from us unless Joe you've got anything else to add no no glad to be back glad to be back glad to be back up the saddlers